ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio. This is ESPN Radio on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and you can see Chris Canty's face on ESPN+. Plus. Chris Canty and Amber Wilson taking you up until 6.30 p.m. Eastern tonight. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Before the break, we were talking about Derek Carr's extension with the Las Vegas Raiders, $121 million, three Ooh. years. It includes- Amber, can you say it again? One hundred and twenty one and a half million dollars, <laughs> which includes a no trade clause. It runs through the 2025 season. I don't think it's a big surprise that Derek Carr has gotten an extension from the Raiders. That seemed like that was going to be protocol once they signed Devonte Adams and brought in a new head coach. And they were obviously committed to moving forward with their quarterback. We didn't know the terms, though. The terms are pretty nice at uh, 40 million per. Uh, during the extension years. Jared, and also you can give us a call if you want to chime in yourself on this conversation like Jared is about to do. one 888 ESPN, 888-729-3776. Jared is in Las Vegas. Are you a, a Las Vegas Raiders fan? Do you like the Derek Carr contract extension or not, Jared? Oh, my God, Amber. Um, I appreciate your time. And let me tell you, I'm trying very hard to remain calm because the blasphemy that you guys have been spitting is is just so disrespectful to Derek. Oh my God. Yes. I'm a Derek Carr fan. I'm a Raider for life. Born 79. That was the day I was established as a Raider fan, September 3rd, 1979. And I've never thought anything different. And in that time, I've had many of of Raiders that I love, but no one like Derek Carr and is because of the man he is. Um, forget all the off-season, I mean, all the on-field accolades, which he is a very good quarterback. And I know it's hard for people like Chris that live up there in New York and haven't seen a good quarterback in quite some time. I mean, Eli had ran into a couple of accidental seasons where he no, was no, 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 no. kind don't of you, okay. Don't you do that to my championship, Jared. Don't run. you do that to my championship. But, but, no, no, no. No, 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 my friend. No, no, no. Don't do that, Jared. Don't do it. I, I mean, can't believe you. Accidental Listen. championship. You're talking to the man that helped Eli right? win. I was about to say, I was on the damn <laughs> team. We went into Green Bay and beat a 15-1 and Aaron Rodgers-led Packers squad. Then we went out to San Francisco and beat the number one seed in the uh, the number two seed in the NFC, the San Francisco 49ers, led by Alex Smith. And then we went to the Super Bowl and beat Tom Brady. So how is that an accidental championship? Jared loses all credibility now. As far Jared as Jared had me Raiders, until that moment, though he had me no. Until he had, that. listen. I was interested in hearing him out. I wanted to see what he had to say, Amber. But here's what I will say about the Raiders and Derek Carr. I love Derek Carr as a quarterback, and it's not just about the arm talent or his ability to read coverages or getting the deep, getting the offense into the right play based on the defense. The reason I love Derek Carr is because of all the leadership intangibles which were on full display this past year. Nobody can take that away from him. I don't know how many quarterbacks would be able to go through that kind of adversity, losing your head coach, who's the de facto offensive coordinator and play caller, losing Henry Ruggs, your deep play, deep play speed threat at the wide receiver position because of a tragic accident, 
the thing that happened with Damon Arnett and social media and on on guns and him ended up getting cut, and not to mention an absolutely putrid defense, all of those things stacked against you, and yet you still found a way to get into the playoffs. I can't take that away from Derek Carr. Nobody should try to take that away from Derek Carr. But I still got them as the fourth best team in the division going into this season. Yeah, you I do. That's you, just you where they're at. Making the playoffs this season, nevertheless, having any success in the playoffs uh, this season, and they've gotten better. Now, I, it's funny because we keep talking about Derek Carr, what he's done off the field, and considering all the adversity that you just mentioned that they faced last season, he does deserve all the credit in the world for kind of the off the field stuff. But it's not like he's not a great quarterback on the field. I mean, Peyton Manning and Matt Ryan are the only quarterbacks to throw for more yards than Derek Carr in their first eight career seasons. Derek Carr has already at 31 years old had a heck of an NFL career and now he's going to hopefully be in a place that's a little less uh, crazy this season in terms of all of that stuff that they faced last season so he can focus more on just what's happening on the field. Amber, Apparently you, though this Amber Amber can I ask you a question? Uh, go ahead. All of the great things that you said about Derek Carr as far as power ranking the quarterbacks in the AFC West where do you have them? Okay, but Derek Carr. I'm asking. I'm, I'm just no. I'm just asking a question. I I'm am going asking. to put Patrick Mahomes above Derek Carr. Yes, I am going to put Justin Herbert at this point above Derek Carr. Yes, and I am going to put Russell Wilson above Derek Carr right now. I, I, I overall yes, Russell Wilson. I wouldn't say that he. I wouldn't say that's based on last season. Let's put it that way. I wouldn't say that's even necessarily based on the last two seasons with Russ, but I do think it's going to look a little different in Denver. And I do think he was playing through that hand injury last year. So I understand what you're saying, but you keep hearkening on the division and he just happens to find himself in that division. Like that's the problem for Derek Carr. It's not a problem uh, about himself or his play or even his team as it's constructed. Apparently this Derek Carr uh, conversation though, it rates, give us a call to, Blade say ESPN 188-729-3776. Jordan, he is in Anaheim. He is a Chargers fan, but he still has a lot of reaction to this Derek Carr extension. Jordan, go on. Hey, good afternoon, guys. Uh, hey, love you guys' segment. Uh, I tune in pretty much every day to listen to you guys now. Um, so, yes, as a Chargers fan, Herbert fan, I can't see paying a car quarterback, like you guys said, 31 years of age, $40 million a year to not be able to win that division, let alone, like you guys said, be fourth best in that division. I mean, you got Mahomes, you got the Broncos that have a pretty awesome defense. I know the Raiders have a pretty solid, decent team, but he's a good quarterback. He's not a great quarterback. I just can't understand why they keep throwing all this money at these players. Um, you know, what What are they paying Carr to do, that $40 million? Is it to just, like, be relevant, compete? or to try to win a Super Bowl because the Super Bowl ain't going to happen. Well, here's what I will say. The money does bring along expectations, but you can't argue against the fact that Derek Carr elevated the play of everybody around him and that entire team. I mean, given what they went through this past season, I don't think you can dispute that. Derek Carr held it down for the Raiders, and although he didn't put up gaudy numbers, you're talking about a team in week 18 that was able to get it done against the Chargers, a team that had a lot of talent, a team that had a quarterback from a talent perspective that has more to offer than Derek Carr, and yet Derek Carr was still able to find a win. So winning does matter. And for a quarterback that had the 26-scoring defense supporting him, the fact that they were able to get into the postseason with all that they had going on, 
was a damn miracle. So I don't want to take that away from Derek Carr. That's why he got the bag. He absolutely deserves it. But just spinning it forward, I don't think it's going to be easy for Derek Carr to live up to the expectations that come along with that. And I do think this now puts more pressure on second-time head coach Josh McDaniels, who's going to be the guy taking over the reins for Rich Passaccia. I I think he becomes front and center now that the organization has went out and made an aggressive move for Devontae Adams and paid him huge money and now committed huge money to the quarterback position as well. I think when we talk about quarterbacks, we talk about the guys that give you, you know, they, they help you win, right? As opposed to the guys that are that are just there alongside of you as you do the winning kind of thing. Yeah, the you want a guy that's a force multiplier. Somebody right, that the, can make people around, them, around you better. And Derek Carr is the reason that the Raiders were winning. He is one of yes. those quarterbacks. So, yes, maybe we don't consider him in the Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson conversation when we're talking $40 million per. But I think we probably do consider him in the Matt Stafford, Dak Prescott conversation, right? And some of this comes down to where the quarterback market has just gone, Chris. I think you mentioned that he's fifth right now in terms of paid on the quarterback list. That's going to yes. ch- he'll drop down further because Joe... Joe Burrow will get an extension soon, and Justin Herbert will get an extension soon. Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson's going to get extended any day now. Uh, go ahead, Ravens. Go ahead. Well, not, acor- uh, not according to Baltimore. <laughs> well, it, well, I guess not according to Lamar. I don't think he's returning their calls because he's just letting everybody else get paid, so his price keeps going up. Maybe a smart move by Lamar. But at some right. point here, he will get paid as well. So this deal will continue to look, I think, as we move forward, a little less crazy. Even if you don't consider him elite, elite, elite quarterback, he's certainly in the conversation of one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. And when you have one of those guys on your roster, you're going to end up having to pay one of those guys. So keep your calls coming. 888-SAY-ESPN, 1-888-729-3776. Coming up next, we'll talk play-in contenders. There are NBA games tonight. Plus, how much pressure is on the Brooklyn Nets as they prepare for the Celtics moving forward? This is ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio. Last night, the Brooklyn Nets did get it done against the Cleveland Cavaliers. It took 42 minutes from KD and Kyrie Irving, a perfect first half from Kyrie, monster performances from both of those guys. But they did topple the the Cavs 115 to 108. The Timberwolves also got it done. Pat Beverly jumped on the scorer's table afterwards. He was so happy about it. Love it. The Timberwolves beat the Clippers. 109 to 104 in a game that was close the whole way through. So now Minnesota's uh, payoff is you get to play Memphis. They will take on the Grizzlies. (laughs) Brooklyn's payoff is you get to play Boston. So they will take on the Celtics in the first round of these playoffs. The Cavs and the Clippers do both move on to play the winner of the 9-10 games. So that is what's happening around the world of the NBA coming off of last night. There are games tonight. The Hornets and the Hawks will see each other at 7 p.m. And the Spurs and Pelicans will tip off at 9.30 p.m. Eastern. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. 
insurance for motorcycles, boats, RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and progressive.com. Our phone line is blowing up though. Triple eight, say ESPN, 1-888-729-3776. Not over the play-in tournament, but instead over Derek Carr's contract because nothing says phone lines blowing up like a three-year extension for the quarterback of the Las Vegas Raiders. I didn't know it was such a controversial conversation, but there are a lot of Raiders fans and non-Raiders fans alike chiming in on the new deal for the head man in Las Vegas. Let's go out to Pennsylvania first, but we find a diehard Raiders fan in Teo. Teo, what's going on? Hey, how you guys doing today? We're good. What are your thoughts on Derek Carr's contract? Oh, goodness. So I've been a Raider fan since I was seven, and uh, hearing that you guys expect him to go through and finish last in the division is just blasphemy. I can't believe it. Crazy. Well, it's maybe not crazy when you look at who else is in that right? division. Now, I didn't <laughs> say that. Uh, that is a Chris Canty take. But I do take. understand why Chris Canty is having that take. I don't necessarily think it's a hot take. Uh, it's a take probably a lot of people have. And it's not even necessarily, again, like a knock on Derek Carr or the Raiders. But look at the division that team finds itself in, Chris. Yeah, I mean, the last winning season that the Raiders had was 2016. So it's not outside of the realm of possibility that they could find themselves behind the Denver Broncos now that they have Russell Wilson, a competent quarterback, behind the L.A. Chargers, which has a potent offense, and now adding Khalil Mack and J.C. Jackson on the back end of a defense that already has Derwin James and Asante Samuel Jr. And when you look at what we're seeing from the Kansas City Chiefs, even though they lost Tyreek Hill. Is anybody going to bet on Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes not winning the AFC West? They've won it six years in a row. So I, 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 don't, I don't know exactly what he wants me to say about the Raiders. Even though I do think the Raiders got better, I don't necessarily know that that's going to be reflected in their record in 2022. So this is not about Raiders shade as much as it is about the division getting much tougher. We are looking at the best division in all of football and maybe best the best collection of quarterbacks in the division that we've ever seen. That's what we're talking about, Amber. That's how good the AFC West is going to be. So you don't mean it as shade, but I think Raiders Nation maybe is taking it oh, as shade. Let's see how <laughs> Nate is taking it. He's in Oregon. Nate, what are your thoughts on the Las Vegas Raiders? Hey, guys. Uh, yeah, lifelong Raider fan. I just my, – my thought is, is – not necessarily about about Carr, you know. I think what what he does and what he's done is is great. But what about what about the head coach? You know, Basaccia. Everybody was was rallying behind him last year, and now we got McDaniel's. I that's that's kind of my worry for for that. I think that's a legitimate concern, Nate. I mean, that, that's the thing. It seemed like a lot of the leaders in that locker room, Derek Carr, Max Crosby, Darren Waller, they all had glowing things to say about Rich, and they wanted him to be the next head coach. And clearly, Mark Davis and the organization had other ideas, and they went with Josh McDaniels. So just seeing how they respond to that, seeing how quickly they can develop that chemistry, that rapport with their new head coach, their new team leader, that that's going to be something that we have to watch early on. And with any new learning, you're going to have some bumps in the road. And when you consider the division, you know those are going to be six tough games. So I, I just, again, I... I I would be, you know, cautiously optimistic about the direction that the Raiders are headed in and just understand if you're a Raiders fan, 
they made the moves they needed to make this offseason, but it's not necessarily going to yield the return on that investment in year one. You're talking about a two- or three-year process in order to build this team into one that's capable of winning the division and competing for a Super Bowl. Josh McDaniels certainly took his time in choosing what job he wanted next in terms of another head coaching job. And we knew he was going to get one here. And so we have no idea how it's going to pan out, but he certainly has the team there. I think there's still defensive questions there on that team, but they've got the quarterback. They've got the weapons. That offense should be good. And now, of course, they're paid and locked up. But to Chris's point, in a very, very difficult division. Brandon is in New Orleans. He apparently doesn't disagree with one of the other callers. But, Brandon, I understand you are a Chargers fan. What do you not agree with that has been said on this show? Well, first off, I'm a Raiders fan. So, well, oh, correct well that. that makes a so lot more sense. Why, frankly, that makes a lot more sense, Brandon, why you're calling in during the Raiders segment, you know, you know but uh, to each their yeah, own. Exactly. So, go, so go on. <laughs> so there's two things I disagree with. One, what the Chargers fans saying, Derek Carr's good. He's not good. He's great. But he's not elite. I'll give you that. He's not elite. But Dak Prescott just got $40 million, and so did Derek Carr. And guess what Dak Prescott did last year? Lost in the playoffs. Got the team there, didn't win a game. Derek Carr got the team there, didn't win a game. I'll give you that. But you can't tell me he's no better than good. Secondly, Mr. Canty, Mm. the last time the Raiders had a winning record was not 2016. It was 2021, and we made the playoffs, baby. I, that's what I said. I, I meant. I thought it went without saying. Before this past season, the last time you guys had a winning record was 2016. We, we were talking about the Raiders making the playoffs despite all the controversy that they went through. I we, guess we don't. We may. We, have we may have anymore. dropped him uh, right when yeah. he challenged. No, I'm just, uh, Chris I, 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 that's the thing. But, I, that's the thing. I, I mean, I, I thought that was clear. If I wasn't clear, that was the point I was trying I, to make. I think it we were on the same page seasons before this past one since you guys had a winning record. So, I mean, th- that's the thing. It's been – it hasn't been enough consistency, and I'm not putting that at the feet of Derek Carr. I think it's more about the organizational failures and just deciding to pivot and go in different directions when it comes to GMs and when it comes to head coaches. And now you have more change that's going on with the franchise. So, in a division that's gotten a lot better overnight – it's be interesting to see how the team responds to all of that change that's happening. I think that that we're on the same page as, as that caller was where he's talking about the greatness of Derek Carr lying somewhere between good and elite, right? Where, yeah, like Derek Carr is, you know, he's a great quarterback. He's not an elite quarterback. That was kind of the parsing of the hairs that that caller was trying to do with Derek Carr. I don't think Chris Canty and I dispute that, frankly. Like Derek Carr is a good quarterback or fine. If you want to have great quarterback and then another tier for elite quarterback. I don't, I said when we were talking about the contract discussion, because now we're talking about a 40 mil per quarterback and the other guys on that list. Yes, he's not in the same conversation with the Patrick Mahomes Holmes and Aaron Rodgers of the world, but I do think he's in the same conversation as the Dak Prescotts and frankly, Matthew Stafford's of the world. And those guys just got paid like that as well. Real, real quick, Amber, last year we saw all of the division winners have the best quarterback play in the national football league. If you're looking at the conference right now and power ranking the quarterbacks is Derek Carr, any better than eighth best. 
That's a question that we should have listeners chime in on the Candy Call-In line on because I would want to see how people perceive Derek Carr. Last I checked, only seven teams make the playoffs. So one of those things to consider when we're trying to forecast what the Las Vegas Raiders will be in 2022. I would have him exactly at eighth when I just counted the teams in the conference. But give us a shout. Triple H, say ESPN, 1-888-729-3776. Steven, Tony, Arias, we see you guys hanging out right now on the Canty call-in line. Coming up next, more of your calls on this subject. This is ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio. Derek Carr got paid, and you guys have lots of thoughts about it. This is ESPN Radio, (laughs) Amber Wilson and Chris Canty, taking you up until 6.30 p.m. Eastern tonight. We are presented to you by Progressive Insurance. You can also reach out to us at 888-SAY-ESPN, 1-888-729-3776, which is where we find Steven from Nevada. Now, I assume you are a Las Vegas Raiders fan, Steven, and are you in favor of Derek Carr's contract extension? Oh, oh yeah. Well, first off, it's Nevada, not Nevada. Sorry, pet peeve for everybody that lives here. Anyways, though, yeah, I'm definitely in favor of the contract. You know, Derek Carr has been through there through thick and thin. He played through a broken back. And he led him through to the playoffs last year, you know. And then I think you also need to look at what the other options were if they didn't sign Derek Carr through this, you know. Who else is available? I mean, everybody likes to say Patrick Mahomes uh, is better. And, and, of course, he probably is, you know. But, but Patrick Mahomes isn't available, you know. you got to look at what options they have, you know. And then the third point I'm going to say is, you know, look, at they just moved from Oakland to, to Las Vegas a couple years ago. They didn't get any fans in the seats in 2020, you know. So if they didn't go for Derek Carr this year, then maybe they're looking at a rebuild, you know. And they need to get fans in that stadium, you know, and start building up the fan base to pay for that thing. It was something like $4 billion, you know. So I, I think, do think the Raiders definitely made the move as an organization uh, to try to, you know, keep them competitive. Are they going to win the division? Probably not. It's just a tough luck to draw, you know, uh, with everybody else that's sitting in there right now, you know. But I definitely think they'll be competitive outside the division and at least win some games, you know. Thanks for the call, Stephen. Uh, no thank you for correcting me on Nevada and Nevada. Are you a Nevada <laughs> or a Nevada kind of guy, Chris Canty? Uh, I'm going to go with Stephen because he's from out there in Nevada. <laughs> fine, is that, fine. Is that how you said to, to Steven, he said Nevada. Uh, Steven's other Nevada. point, though, about what else were they going to do? They essentially had to pay Carr. We all knew this was coming. So to, to that point, I, I tend to agree with Steven. You have to pay the guy who's leading your team. And Patrick Mahomes is not an option for your team. Derek Carr is an option for your team, and he's a pretty darn good one. No doubt about it. But I think the question becomes... Is Derek Carr going to give you a chance to win your division? Because we all know that's the shortest path to the playoffs. And we know that Derek Carr, from a talent standpoint, doesn't have the upside that Pat Mahomes has. And so you have to surround him with the requisite talent that it takes in order to be able to compete at that level. And that's the the issue that arises when you give a player that is good, great quarterback money. That's what it is. On the new money average, Derek Carr is fifth. I mean, when you start talking about top five quarterbacks, that's elite territory. Does he belong there? Probably not. But you made the point earlier, he's probably not going to stay there with some of the quarterback contract extensions that are going to get worked out this offseason, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, et cetera. But I will say this, Amber, in terms of being able to stabilize the franchise and give your new head coach the best chance to get off on the on, on a on – a, 
good foot as far as establishing his program, you got to have a quarterback. If Josh McDaniels learned anything from his time as a head coach with the Denver Broncos, you got to have a quarterback that can throw the football downfield. The guy had Tim Tebow as his quarterback and went to the playoffs, which is a heck of an accomplishment when you think about it. But they weren't able to sustain that success, at least with Derek Carr locked in for the next four years. You don't have to worry about that position. Unnecessary shot in my guy, Tim. So Nevada it's has its quarterback. No oh, oh, 121 million for three years. Derek Carr will be the quarterback there through at least the 2025 season. We're going to continue to take your calls to so keep them coming. Triple eight, say ESPN, 1-888-729-3776. But let's pivot real quick to basketball. Chris Canty, because there's some of that going on with this play-in tournament. The Brooklyn Nets advanced last night, beating the Cleveland Cavaliers 115 to 108. So the Nets are in the first round of the playoffs where they will meet, of course, the Boston Celtics. The Timber, the Minnesota Timberwolves beat the Los Angeles Clippers 109-104, to so the Timberwolves now will take on the Grizzlies in the first round. We've got some games tonight as well. The Hornets and Hawks will tip off at 7 p.m. Eastern. Spurs Pelicans will tip off at 9.30 p.m. Eastern. So, Chris Canty, let's talk about the teams that are still in the play-in, which can, includes the Clippers and the Cavs. Out of these teams that are left, the Hawks, the Hornets, the Pelicans, the Spurs. Who do you feel like on this list could actually give a one seed a run for its money? Well, here's the thing, Amber. When we look at the two one seeds, I think we'd have to, and I know you're going to hate what I'm about to say. Oh, I don't like I it. Think, Already. I we'd have, Already I feel I my blood pressure rising. I think we'd have rising. to call the Miami Heat the more vulnerable what? of the two one seeds. I think we have Fine. to. Fine. I think I'll, I'll give to. it to the, you. The, they didn't win 64 listen, the, games. The, 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 season, the Phoenix Suns have the best record in all of basketball, and the next closest team, I want to say, is the Memphis Grizzlies, and they're eight games clear of them. So, I mean, by far and away had the best regular season and missed Chris Paul for a significant portion of that season, yet the team didn't miss a beat. So, I would say the Miami Heat are the more vulnerable of the two, so that, that leaves me with Eastern Conference teams. And so, I'm looking at – a team like the Cavs, and I don't necessarily know with the lack of experience in playoff basketball that the Cavs are going to be able to hang with them because the Heat are not the Brooklyn Nets. They actually play defense. And so I think it could be a very one-sided affair. That could be a short series if Cleveland were to match up against Miami. The one team that I think would be interesting against Miami is the Atlanta Hawks. And I'm not saying that you got you know, you to fear Atlanta by any stretch if that's your draw. I'm pretty sure that Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo don't fear any of those teams that they're going to have to play in the first round. But I'll say this, like Trey Young took this Atlanta Hawks team to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. They do have a lot of pieces. They do have a lot of depth. And at the top end, if they're playing up to their potential, they could cause some problems. They could make it a long series. Now, ultimately, do I think they can win against the Miami Heat? No, but I do think they can make it uncomfortable for the Miami Heat to take their pound of flesh out of Miami while Miami's trying to continue their run to get to another NBA Finals. I, I don't have a problem with actually anything you said, because if I'm totally objective for a moment and just a basketball fan and not a Heat fan, but a basketball fan, and I want to see the best matchup, I do actually agree with you that it is Heat Hawks, because pitting the team that was in the NBA Finals a couple years ago against the team that was in the Eastern Conference Finals last year, I think is absolutely a fun matchup. Trey Young is an incredibly fun young star who loves the bright lights and the big stage and comes to play when he's on it. So I do think, I'm not saying the Heat are scared of the Hawks by any means, just from a basketball fan perspective, I think that is the matchup 
out of the potential matchups with number ones that has the most juice to it. And I don't think any of the matchups in the West have a ton of juice because of how dominant the Suns have been. I think the Clippers probably amongst those teams would be the most interesting just because, you know, Paul George and and a veteran presence and, you know, Mm -hmm. would at some point they get, Kawhi's not totally ruled out, although, man, that seems like a long shot, but that would factor into storylines as well. So we will continue with our NBA conversation. We will continue, of course, with our Las Vegas Raiders conversation because you guys are very into it. Keep those calls coming. Triple eight, say ESPN. Coming up next, we salute Jackie Robinson. This is Amber Wilson and Chris Canty on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio. We have been getting lots of calls on the Canty call in line, 1-888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776, about Derek Carr's new contract extension with the Las Vegas Raiders. Cabana is always a big fan of Chris Canty when he calls into the show. He is in New Mexico. Cabana, what do you have for us today? First off, man, Chris has been doing real good. But at the same time, there you go again, man, standing on your own opinion. (laughs) I'm not a Derek Carr fan. I went to Fresno State. However, Derek Carr deserves that money. And if you think about it, when we were successful, we had Rich Gannon. We weren't throwing the uh, the ball down the field. We're throwing underneath 10, 15 passes. With all those weapons Derek Carr now has, much like you say about Tua, He's almost set up to fail. If he can't throw that ball 10, 15 yards down the field and get those guys to get that yak yardage, then we can have this conversation next year. But I'll say this too. I don't have Kansas City nor Denver Bronco making the playoffs this year out of the AFC West. How about that? Spicy. I like it, Cabana. Spicy. I was a little concerned because you came in a little milder than you usually do. He was buttering but you then up. You at saved first. the spice for the end of the call, and I love it. That is a hot, hot take. The Broncos and the Chiefs not making the playoffs doesn't seem likely, but I do see a world where that's possible because the Kansas City Chiefs got warts. Their defense is absolutely atrocious, and they lost Tyreek Hill on offense. There's going to be an adjustment with that, and with the Denver Broncos. Russell Wilson and those receivers might not be able to gel as quickly as a lot of people are saying they would. So, uh, And there could be some slippage in terms of Russ's play. Lord knows we saw that before he even got hurt last year. So I could absolutely see a world where that's possible. I don't think it's likely, but I see where Cabana's coming from. Now, as far as what I said about Derek Carr, I never said, Amber, that Derek Carr wasn't worth the money. And I want to make that abundantly clear to all of our listeners. I absolutely believe that the Raiders had no choice but to pay Derek Carr, and he absolutely deserves that money for how he stewarded this team through the last season that they went through, as tumultuous as it was. I just don't know that the Las Vegas Raiders have enough around Derek Carr, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, in order for the team to realize the expectations that they have, which is competing for a championship. Because anytime you play a receiver – nearly $30 million a year, and you pay a quarterback nearly $40 million a year. That speaks to championship aspirations. I don't think it's going down like that this year in Las Vegas. Yeah, we're talking about making the playoffs. That's one conversation. If we're talking about winning a Super Bowl, that's another conversation, and that's the conversation that you're normally having when you're paying a quarterback $40 million per. ESPN Radio.
Amber Wilson and Chris Canty rounding out the four o'clock hour here on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Already an action-packed show so far, Chris Canty. Lots of calls on the Canty call-in line. Keep them coming. Triple eight say ESPN one eight eight seven two nine three seven seven six. We are talking NBA playoffs. We are talking NBA play in, and we are talking Derek Carr's extension. But now it's time to talk about something far more impactful, and that is every April fifteenth is a special day in baseball. But this year it's the seventy fifth anniversary of Jackie Robinson shattering the color barrier and setting the stage for momentous change in society. Today, an NBA legend recounts seeing Robinson's exploits in person and making history in his own sport as an agent of change, part of Black History Always. When I lived in Indianapolis, I really wanted to see Jackie Robinson perform when he played against the Cincinnati Reds. And it was marvel to see so many people there who came out to see him play. And we sat out in right field, I didn't realize that particular time. That's where all the black people sat in Cincinnati. I see Jackie coming to the plate, you know, and he cleaned his cleats off, get that bat up, and he got that bat high up in there, you know, and he's watching that, watching that pitcher, and all of us, before the pitcher gets ready to throw the strike to him, he drops his bat a little bit, boom, and he swings away. And when he gets on base, man alive, he's up and down. He's getting that pitcher agitated getting the pitcher nervous because he breaks a little bit, he stops, and the pitcher doesn't know what he's going to do. Then all of a sudden, boom, he's on second. What he faced was, I mean, just almost unreal. I mean, to a point where they, they, people tried, really tried to hurt him. He took the blow for everybody. And I really appreciate him doing that for me. I faced some things, but not like Jackie did. I walked into the economics class at the University of Cincinnati, walked in the door, professor said, what the hell are you doing here? And, you know, to be honest, I was so naive. I looked around at the white guys on the team that were in the same class. I said, who is this? I said, is he talking to you guys? He said, he said, no, I'm talking to you. I said, I was ordered, I was told to take this class. I said, you know, I, I, I don't have a choice. He said, well, you're not, you're not going to pass this class. Give me an F. I didn't feel empowered to do anything at all. And the thing about it, Hell, I'm playing. I'm averaging 35 points a game, man. And he's saying, I said, what, what if I'd been averaging two or three points a game? That's what I mean. You know, we never would have heard of Oscar Robertson whatsoever. In 1965, I became head of the Players Association as his president, the first black person to do that. In the 60s, there was no money being made by athletes. Then all of a sudden, the Oscar Robertson rule came into effect that says if you're a free agent, you have a right to go to other teams. You have the right to decide your own future. I understand that I was not well liked by the NBA. But when the pendulum is always up here to the left and the owners are holding it, won't let it swing back and forth, then you're going to have those things because they wanted to dominate. Jackie was very outspoken. I mean, he earned the right. And I think what happened with Jackie is that a lot of people in the white power positions didn't like it because he could influence other young black people and other white people as well. And, you know, they didn't like that. But I think that what he went through should be thought of and revered forever. 
When Oscar Robertson sued the NBA in 1970, seeking to end the reserve clause, which bound a player to his team forever, the league's average salary back then was about $35,000. Six years later, the NBA settled and the free agency rule named for Robertson was born. The average NBA salary today, Chris Canty, is around $10 million. So please join us again tomorrow as we count down to April 15th with another firsthand reflection in our series, Jackie to Me. Just incredible to think how both Jackie Robinson and Oscar Robertson have changed sports and changed the world. No doubt about it. And just listening to Oscar describe you know, Jackie Robinson and how he affected the change, Amber. It wasn't through, you know, this, you know, demonstrative um, outburst. It was through consistency. It was through grace and through class that he was able to change hearts and minds when it came to race relations in sports and in this country. And that's the thing that that will be the lasting legacy from my perspective, just how he went about doing it, how he went about affecting the change that we all deep down knew was necessary in a very difficult time and space. And since we're talking about people breaking barriers in sports, I wanted to take this opportunity here, Chris, to talk about what happened yesterday in Major League Baseball because Alyssa Nakin, who became the only woman in Major League Baseball history to coach on field during a regular season game. The 31-year-old took over first base coaching duty at San Francisco's Oracle Park after Anton Richardson was ejected in the third inning, apparently while instructing the defense. The Giants were facing the Padres. She came in to a standing ovation from the crowd. She shook uh, the Eric Hosmer, the first baseman's hand, uh, mm-hmm. very emotional uh, to commemorate the historic moment. She also got a hug from Giants catcher Kurt Casale when she returned to the dugout. She was getting, you know, the everyone was recognizing the gravity of that moment. Uh, an incredible barrier breaking moment for women in professional major league baseball. One that frankly could have, should have come much sooner than this. And what I took away from that, Chris was everybody wants this. I mean, the reaction from all the players on both teams and the reactions from the crowd, like, man, it's 2022. Let's go already. I'm glad you said it, Amber, because that was the one thing that a lot of fans and former coaches speculated on how, you know, th- how that would go. They weren't sure what kind of reception women in male-dominated sports would get. And, and you're starting to see, whether it's the NFL, the NBA, or Major League Baseball, the, the players are open to this. They they want the best instruction, and we recognize that that could come from a man or a woman. And so having, the, you know, having Coach... Um, Alyssa there, I, I think that's that's a huge that's a huge thing. Having Coach Nakin there, that's a huge thing in terms of being able to you know break down that barrier and actually see that this is a, somebody that can set me up for success. Because Amber, that's all players want. Give me the answers to the test. Set me up to have success. Set our team up to have wins. All anybody cares about is the winning, and whoever's going to coach me to the best winning man or woman, that's who should be out there doing it. 